When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina. Your care, your way. This week on Jordan and Jake. Texted him yesterday and said, sorry to hear about it. Just so you know, we're always looking to hire on the farm, right? And so he texted back, man, if people thought I was a bad GM, wait till they see me farm. <laughs> I am proud to say that I was the last quarterback that Kevin Green ever sacked. And it wasn't just once or twice. It was three times. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Well, first off, Jake, Merry Christmas, buddy. Um, we're normally a Friday podcast. We'll give that day to uh, Christmas and all of its glory. So this is airing before Christmas. But um, I got to wish you and your family, man, a, a super Merry Christmas. And uh, I know you guys are going to have a big week planned. What you got, Jake? Well, same to you guys, uh, Jordan, and, and of course, you know, our esteemed uh, producer, podcast, Matt. But uh, I'm like you, Jordan, excited. Christmas week, it's actually going to be cold in Louisiana. Yeah, uh, nice. The last couple of years has kind of been, I'd say, on the warmer side. And, um, you know, just some family time and a lot of family time and a small amount because of the whole COVID situation. Everybody's trying to play smart till we get through this. And, uh just looking forward to some family time and enjoy the true meaning of Christmas. We're actually going to go caroling and kind of like a sarcastic caroling to the aunt, the older aunts and uncles that we normally see on Christmas Eve and play bingo. We decided not to do that this year. And so we're going to take them cookies and our family of my, my kids and my wife and I are going to go caroling in, Chris, in ugly Christmas sweaters as loud as we can to try to embarrass them in front of their neighbors. How do you feel about that? I like that a lot, but I mean, if that's your <laughs> your aunts and uncles, and they're older, will they be embarrassed, or will they just absolutely love it and, and mark it down? Yeah, because now they, you know they don't really love like it. people looking at them. So I'm going to oh, bring a speaker okay. and everything and do this big. Oh, so you're okay. going all so, now? Will Will there be any footage that we can possibly kind of 
Put Maybe. Why not? Yeah, why not? Content is what drives viewers, right? So yeah, I'll try to I'll try to get some uh, uh, viewership up. Yeah, I'll do that, Jake. So yeah, we're trying to bring like same to you, man. Bring uh, something special to a unique situation. But uh, I look forward to hearing how it goes next week. Lots to talk about, man. A lot of tough news this week. Start off and pay respect to Kevin Green. Obviously, that was a shocking announcement that he passed away at a. I mean, a young age, wasn't even 60. Um, yeah. Don't really, I, I don't really know yet what happened or whatever, and that's maybe none of our business. Either way, you know, an iconic NFL player, member of the Panthers organization at the end of his career, a guy I was full-on scared of if I would have ever had to have blocked him. Um, Jake, I know you got a story you want to share, but speak about the sadness around this death, Jake. Well, I mean, one, uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, um, Chris Mangum sent me a text, and Chris and him were obviously teammates in Carolina, and this was before my time, and I was shocked and, and you know, kind of taken aback, and I didn't know Kevin well at all. Uh, I just – I know I played against him uh, one time, and then I ran into him probably about five years ago out in Destin, Florida, uh, during our vacation. But back to playing against him – um, it was January 2nd of 2000. We were, I was with the New Orleans Saints and I was starting and we were going to be playing the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. So we came up two days earlier because of Y2K. No one knew with the whole computer systems and planes and whatnot. And we had all of three wins with Mike Ditka's uh, Saints team at the time. And the Panthers were going towards the playoffs and they needed to beat us and they needed to beat us by many points because it was points we're going to be factoring in. And they were rolling at that time. Steve Berline was rolling with Musin Muhammad and Patrick Jeffers and all those, those get good receivers at that time. And, and so we're playing, and we have nothing to play for. Um, we're getting beat pretty good. And needless to say, I got sacked three times in that football game by Kevin Green. And he was carried off the field because everybody knew it was his last game. <laughs> um, he was carried off the field. And so I am proud to say that I was the last quarterback that Kevin Green ever sacked. And it wasn't just once or twice. It was three times. So definite sad news about his passing. But I was trying to look for something uh, a little uplifting. And I know for him, he was the sack master, I think third all time or whatnot. And so I was uh, I was his last three uh, sacks. And I ran into him about five years ago at a restaurant in Florida. Went introduced myself to him, and he recognized, and it was the family, and he had his family with him, and super pleasant. He just had some life to him. I mean, it was just he was even got up. I was scared of him when, when I talked to him at the restaurant, and this is 10 years, 15 years after he finished playing, and I was still intimidated by him. So uh, great football player, uh, played on many teams, and a very, very sad loss for the NFL. No, Matt, huge loss. And uh, it reminds me a lot of when Reggie White passed away, Jake. So so Kevin Green's third all-time in sacks, 160 sacks, 15 seasons. And and to think about, I mean, the, the top three sack leaders in NFL history, Bruce Smith, who's got over 200, and that'll you know be hard to ever break. And then Reggie White and then Kevin Green. I mean, those guys are such on another level than anybody else on that on the all-time list and there's incredible players on there to think about how many sacks these guys got in a time jake when the i mean we they threw the ball but not like they do today right so the opportunities to get to the quarterback were less and pass rushing wasn't 
there weren't pass rush specialists as much then. So to think about him or Reggie White or, or Bruce Smith, but you know, specifically talking about Kevin Green, for him to craft himself into such a pass rushing player and then his run defense and everything around standing as well, just really, I mean, so ahead of his time. And, and I only met him one time as well. I don't know him well, but I was, it was an honor to shake his hand and meet him. And obviously just a big loss. So um, just thoughts go out there. But and, and right before Christmas, man, it's just tough. And I'm, I'm ready for – I know everybody says this, Jake, but we're all ready for 2021. But uh, the other sad news, and, you know, definitely of way less magnitude, was Marty Herney being let go. And we just all found that out yesterday. And I'm sure you've talked to some of the guys in the organization about it, Jake. I have a little bit too. But let, let's speak – let's give Marty his time, man. Just, to, you know, that he brought you in, he brought me in, and just he's an outstanding guy, outstanding friend. And, and go, Jake. Just go. I mean, I know you got a lot to say. Yeah. I mean, listen. I um, you hate to sound this way. It's like, is it you? You, you hurt for him, you know. And you hurt because of how long he's been in Carolina. And um, we'd like to think uh, he brought two Super Bowl champions. And unfortunately, we lost both games. Uh, both of them close football games. Uh, built two Super Bowl um, championship teams. And Marty, listen. You want to talk about? Good guy behind the scenes does not want to take any credit and just wants to be a football grunt. Um, watching film, uh, traveling to scout guy, see him in person, and things like that. And Marty tried to do it the right way. And um, you like to see guys have long term success. I like to think that he did have long term success. And this is part of the business. I don't think there's any doubt. I believe in 1998, when Marty took this job, if he would have, in his mind, if he could have known, hey, 2020 will be my last year. I think anybody would sign a contract for that to, to be at one place that long, but he's done a great job. Kind of had a little hiccup in between there when he, he resigned and, and, and the whole uh, Gettleman firing came back, but Marty just tried to do everything right and run the, run the organization. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, there's not many bad things I could say about Marty Herney. Pretty much. I don't think there is some, anything bad I could say about Marty Herney. I, I know those are my thoughts. Well, it says a lot when you can get fired and then rehired by the same organization, right? Yeah. You didn't, definitely didn't burn any bridges when you left. And um, he drafted me. I'm incredibly grateful for that. And then, like you said, just getting to know him beyond that, just such an awesome guy. I texted him yesterday and said, sorry to hear about it. Just so you know, we're always looking to hire on the farm, right? And so he texted back, man, if people thought I was a bad GM, wait till they see me farm, right? <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's awesome about him. Always a sense of humor and, you know, just a, a true person, but an incredible evaluator. And I listened to what David Tepper had to say about moving on from Marty yesterday. And that's what he kept giving him praise for, just the kind of the person he is, the teacher that he is, the evaluator of talent. And Marty's going to have a lot of options from here, right, Jake? I mean, I don't know if he wants to be a GM anymore, but um, there's always going to be a role for him in the NFL uh, with his history. And, you know, he, his experience spans so many decades in the NFL. But wh where do the Panthers go now, Jake? So, all right, we're, I'm hiring you as GM. First of all, what's the next GM need to do, right? And then who's that person going to be? So if I'm hiring you, Jake, as GM, where, how do you fit in with an owner who's obviously said he wants to be more data-driven and analytical-driven and progressive and um, ahead of the times? And Matt Rule definitely fits that mold as well. So the new GM needs to fit into that trilogy somehow and, and kind of be on the same page. There's a big roster to look at. You know, this year's hard to been evaluate the quarterback position. So just talk about what the new GM is going to face. 
Well, listen, I think first and foremost, uh, Mr. Tepper and whoever his team, or it might be just him, he's going to have to interview, but there's going to have to be a, a relationship with Matt. I mean, there's got to be, and Matt, Coach Rule has basically come out and said, I am not the GM. That's not the role I want. He knows that he has many, <laughs> there's many things at his plate being a head football coach. Uh, but there's got to be a relationship there. Now, is it a relationship, a past relationship where there's some continuity or is it someone that they believe they can work together for the betterment of this team? And it's got to be a roster builder uh, because that's how you su sustain success in this league. Um, and listen, I think we have the beginnings of shaping this roster. It was evident at Lambeau Field on Saturday night watching these young defensive players. I'm watching Brian Burns. You know, I'm watching Derek Brown. I'm watching Jeremy Chin. I'm watching these young kids kind of, you hate to say grow up before your eyes when it's a loss, but I, they, it is what it is. They're growing up right before our eyes, and they're starting to make plays, and that's the future. So how can this new uh, GM come in and, and, and start to establish this football team, and where does he need to go? I mean, is there a – is there a left tackle that we need? Do we need a Jordan Gross? I mean, is that some we, – we need a Jordan Gross to hopefully kind of plan his anchor for 10-plus years. Um, is, is quarterback down the line? I mean, is there one we can find now? Or is there one that we think we can some, somewhat develop um, for whenever Teddy does move on or, or whatnot? And so just keep on building this football team. And I'm a big believer you build it from – you know, near the football, offensive, defensive line, and kind of work your work your way uh, work your way out. Um, but we all know, most importantly, and not because I played it, we, you you need to have that quarterback to give you a chance each and every week. Well, you you do need a quarterback, so let's talk about that, Jake. So, how's Teddy doing? I know we've talked about it a lot, but how's Teddy doing? And is um, it been is this year been fair enough, meaning all the circumstances surrounding it, to really evaluate? Teddy fully right my well, in my opinion is no right like and I think if you if he's your quarterback going into next year I still feel okay but I feel like you know like like Tepper said today or in the press conference I think it was yesterday um always evaluating but is he is it can you evaluate fairly based off this year listen I you know Jordan I'm gonna disagree with you a little here I, I think okay. you can evaluate fairly um, in, in a way that we understand your best football player has barely played this, this season, has played what, uh, two and a half games at most. Um, he has barely played. But you've had many opportunities, in, at least in my opinion, where you're in games um, and, and to try to close it out. And, you know, you want to get over that hump. And it's hard sometimes. It's very hard to get over that hump. But I think that's the biggest thing is that I'm looking for Man, who is it? Who's going to make that play? We got to make that play. We got to do something by any means necessary to get the job done and get get a, get a win. And that's something that, you know, I think Teddy's really done a good job. I, I don't want to take anything away from him. But, man, we've had many opportunities on last drives of the game where let's make that play. Let, let, let's make it. Um, and in the last two weeks is, is a little troublesome to watch. And maybe I'm being too critical here, but I'm just speaking honest. Um, you know, the quarterback sneak, that's a huge, huge turning point. And reading so much into it after, you know, like Coach Rule said, we don't jump over the pile unless it's fourth down, unless it's the, the last down. We wedge it in there. 
Um, and then again, before the two-minute drive last week um, on calling the play when they didn't want to call the play. So little things like that, that's what kind of you hear Coach Rule talk about, process-driven, and that's you're not trusting the process. So, um, you know, I think we can judge him enough, but I still think he can be a, a winning quarterback. Um, but to see the, the guy for 10 years, I'm not so sure. Uh, hopefully that's not too long of an answer or too harsh of an answer, but no, that's kind of my, my feel. We might have to disagree once in a while. We can survive that, Jake. Uh, do you think? Do you think that uh, he's he uh, Teddy Bridgewater is reaching? No, no pun intended. Is he reaching to try to make stuff happen late in this season? And that's what kind of what we're seeing oh, with that fumble on the goal line. I think so. I I don't think there's any doubt because everything that you hear how they respect him in the locker room and his work ethic. And he just wants to win so bad. And, and you get that, but that's, that's, again, that goes back to what coach rule, what he's driving home each and every week. You've got to trust the process. Don't be anybody you're not, or do anything you're not supposed to do. And that's hard. I get it. I'll, I've been there, Jordan. I've lost many a games. I've done many dumb things because you try to do too much. I mean, that's just, but, you got to try to trust the process and do what you, your coach to do and supposed to do. And, and, and listen, he's probably searching and reaching because you want to get that win so bad because you haven't had that taste in your mouth in, in so long. Do you think that the second half of the game, obviously the first half of the Packers game was rough, Jake. I, I turned it on in, in the first quarter had already begun and it was just a scoring fest by the Packers. Do you think that the, the way they were able to stop the bleeding and the, the defense – you know, Derek Brown had two sacks. Burns had a sack. Chin continues to look good. Do you think the second half was a realistic look at what that defense is capable of? Was it a little bit of a cruise control by the Packers? What did you see? I don't think it was cruise control because, listen, Aaron Rodgers, and, and I know Aaron a little bit, and you probably – Aaron wants to rip your heart out, and he wants to, like, <laughs> you know, he wants to sit the fourth quarter with five touchdown passes, and he's up by 28. I don't that there's any doubt. I mean, that's one of the as a quarterback, that's what you want. Yeah, everybody, oh, I want to play the game. No, no, no. I want to go and rip your heart out and I want to sit back and let my backup take some in the fourth quarter because we just we just dominated you. And I think our defense made some adjustments. And listening to Derek Brown reading his quotes, I was so worried about getting sacks early on and I hadn't got a sack and and, and blah blah blah. And I quit worrying about it. And I just if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Well, sure enough, he gets two of them Saturday night. And you have watched Brian Burns uh, just week in and week out, the Pro Bowl snub. And, and I get it, it happens, but I promise you this is his last year not making the Pro Bowl. Uh and watching Chin, the violence that Chin has week in and week out. So you know, I, I, I like to tip our hat to our defense and the plays that they made uh, in the second half and not and not so much to Green Bay taking the foot off the gas. Well, okay, so now we, we're going. We got flexed, Jake. We're 4-10, and 10, but we got flexed to the primetime game as the Panthers traveled north to Washington to face Ron Rivera and half of the old staff from the Panthers. I'm looking forward to this game. Obviously, I've, I've said and I have great respect for Coach – Coach Rivera and, and a lot of guys on that staff. I played in college, believe it or not, with Alex Smith. He was a freshman when I was a senior. So there's a lot to look at and enjoy for this game. Um, Jeremy Chen versus Chase Young, right? Like one of those two highly likely will be defensive rookie of the year. I, I'm excited for this game. I think it's cool that we got flexed to the later, to the later spot. It says a lot about 
I think what people still are interested in what the Panthers have, you know, especially moving forward personnel wise, Jake, are you, what are you thinking about this game? Well, listen, it's going to be the whole Ron Rivera story and it's so late in the season. I would think some of this is kind of glossed over and, 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 and whatnot. But, um, all I know is this, Jordan, and I saw this last year. We, when we played the Redskins last year, I, in between our pregame hits on the radio, I would go down in the field. And I like to walk around, look at the other team, just kind of get a feel. And I went down and I was speaking with Colt McCoy, who was the backup last year in Washington. Um, we have a relationship from my time together in Cleveland. And I am watching the defensive line for the Redskins, and I kept saying to myself, we're in trouble. This is a large football team. They're massive. And I said, we're not going to match up well up front with them. And sure enough, they wore us down, and we didn't match up well. And then they drafted Julius Peppers 2.0 and Chase Young. <laughs> and and watching this team year, uh, week in and week out play defensively, they play hard, man. Ron has come in. He's developed. He's changing the culture. Jack Del Rio, uh, been with, uh, been knowing Jack since 97. Jack's a tough guy. They're kind of starting to feed off of that defense. And Alex Smith, what more can you say coming back from all those surgeries and the way he has played? And, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I'm not so sure who we're going to have uh, on the field this week. But if it's Alex, he's not turning the ball over. And they're just going to play a close to the best football games, uh, football game. And we better, we better not turn it over either because that's kind of Alex's M.O., he is just going to manage that game to no win and let that defense try to get after you um, and then make the plays uh, at the crucial time in the third and fourth quarter where Alex has proven he, he, he'll come through in those times. Well, I'm definitely going to be sitting in front of TV watching this one, Jake. And then the, the NFC East is just such a whatever you want to say it is, an opportunistic place, a disaster, a mess, whatever you want to say. But the, the, the football team, um, I think I might have said Redskins earlier, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Jake. And I, you should have we'll signed me we'll there. But the Washington, okay, the Washington football team um, in the driver's seat is right for to, to well, win the playoffs. So. And, that's, and, and that's why this uh, main, main reason this game was flexed, because the Giants play, I believe it's the Ravens, at the 1 o'clock game. And if the Ravens right. beat the Giants, then I think the Redskins, they will know prior to kickoff or right at kickoff if they can clinch uh, the division winner uh, to be the division winner. So um, it, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting. It's a, uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting flex and they're trying to do that uh, for the Washington football team. All I know is John Matsko, the O-line coach who went with Ron from Carolina is going to be so fired up to play <laughs> against the team that he just got fired from that he might have to take some medicine before the game. He'll be, he'll be, through the roof, Jake. Okay, so la uh, last thing I got for you, back to the GM. Who's the next GM, Jake? If you had to bet oh. right now on a name, maybe you don't um, even have to give me – give me some names, Jake. I know you like to you like to stay ahead of yeah. all Yeah. Listen, Jordan, I'm going to be honest with you. I would be, be maybe better off more coaching-wise, um, more GM-wise. That's kind of not the world, I guess you could say, I lived in. I mean, you're going to hear names – uh, Louis Riddick is one that I've read. He has interviewed yeah. at some other places. Terry Font. And listen, I, I'm just going on names that I know and what I've heard. I just know the New Orleans Saints have drafted unbelievably well the last few years. And Terry Fontenot 
and Jeff Ireland are two guys in that front office that I believe are soon to be GM somewhere along the line. Um, you always hear about Nick Cesario out of New England. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, I think Lake, Daw- Lake Dawson, gosh, is he with Buffalo? I'm not – there's so many names that I kind of know of, but to say that I can give you a good rundown, I'd be lying to you. The only well, two that I know that are uh, I know are solid are the two from New Orleans and Jeff Ireland um, and and Terry Fontenot is the guy's name. And listen, if you look at the New Orleans drafts the last three, four, five years and some of the pickups in free agency, it's hard to argue with that. Well, I would, if you asked me, the reason I asked you is because I don't know either, Jake. And if you asked me, I would have said Jake DeLome. That's just, that's where my uh investigative research would have ended so uh, i did read this name though and it doesn't mean anything i just thought whoa really adrian wilson who's oh, the director yeah. of pro scouting Cardinals. yeah i can see yeah, something. He, i mean the matt rule hire pairs yeah. well with like a young up-and-coming flashy cutting-edge gm as well so Huh. You heard it. You, you know heard what? it here first. Who knows? Yeah, I hated Adrian Wilson as a player. Big, strong, <laughs> fast, could tackle and intercept. I hated those guys. I mean, yeah. I remember telling him one time he came on a blitz, and I think we we're supposed to have a handoff, and it was a fake ghost motion where Steve would come in motion and we'd hand off to D'Angelo and then fake like the reverse uh, to Steve just to try to keep the backside um, defenders away, and D'Angelo would try to cut back. Well, Adrian came on a blitz, and D'Angelo was about ready to get pummeled. And I just – I could see him coming, and D'Angelo, you could see him cringe. So I just pulled the ball from Steve uh, from D'Angelo, and I gave it to Steve, and I said, just take off, just take off. <laughs> so Steve does what Steve does, got like five yards, and he goes, why did you do that? Why did you give me the ball? And D'Angelo looked at him and said, because I was about ready to get killed by Adrian Wilson. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, just Adrian Wilson. What a freaking nature. Well, my see the the reason I I agree with you, and I and he I had some big collisions with him. Those safe the hardest I ever got hit though, Jake, was by San Francisco GM John Lynch. Not when he was a GM, but when he was a player. He hit me in the chest so hard he bruised my sternum. Literally, like you can see bruising outside. So if you if hard hitting safety is the requirement to be a good GM, then Adrian Wilson's our guy. But only time will tell. I'm well, sure we'll talk about it more as we move on. Okay, I know, I know we have to go, but I have to finish with this John Lynch story. You, you brought up memories <laughs> about being hit hard. So we're playing Tampa. It's the 03 season. We had already beat them in Tampa, and we're playing uh, at home in Charlotte in December. And I run with the football, and it's the third, early third quarter, or maybe second, whatever it may be. And I always tried to run, and I'd want to put. And I didn't run much, so before you start laughing, I try to push the limit to get to linebackers or safeties and then slide to get a cheap 15 yards. Well, I did that and I slid and it was by our sideline and Lynch pointed at me and he called me a name. He goes, Hey, I'm going to take your bleeping head off. If you try that again, you understand me? And I got up, you know, I have a helmet on and shoulder pads. So I'm tough guy, you know? So I start, you know, back in his face saying, you know, some things to him and Rodney Pete's right on the sideline. And Pete was teammates with John in Tampa. And Rodney's, you know, yapping back at John. And so I'm going back to the huddle. Rodney grabs me, and he whispers in my ear. He goes, hey, don't you ever do that crap again. 
He said he is going to knock you out, and I am not going in there to play against those guys. You understand me? <laughs> And, and so I had to tell Rodney, you got it. But that was one of the funniest moments during a football game when Rodney said, don't do it because I am not going in there to play against that defense. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. my John, one of my John Lynch stories. See, good GM right there. That's how you know. Well, Jake, hey, listen, we got to go. Have a great Christmas week with the family. Enjoy the game this Sunday. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Um, last, you, you told me last week. You caught me without doing our sponsor sign-off, so I'm not going to mess it up this week. The Jordan and Jake Podcast, powered by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. All right, Jake. See you, man. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way.